Welcome to the Art and Science of Joy podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring people to live more joyfully. So if you're looking for a bit more joy in your own life or looking to bring some more joy to the lives of others, this podcast could well be for you. And welcome to the Year of Joy series in which I talk to experts on special powers, which we call joy superpowers. Each and every one of us can use in order to build more joy into our lives. I'm Andrew Cannon. And I have the honor to be your host today. And in this episode, I'm excited to be talking with Shannon Hernandez about the joy ingredient of mental well-being, and specifically about the joy superpower of creativity. Shannon is all about that joy and has dedicated her life to helping others discover their version of joy and to live it fully. She is a former teacher, a founder, of the Joyful Business Revolution, and has been featured on CBC, ABC, Fox, and NBC. Shannon loves reading fiction, smuggling her cat, traveling the world, and hanging with the love of her life, Maria. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Let's talk about creativity straight into it. Um, And if you could tell me a little about about your own journey with creativity. How's that? Yes, I love this question. So um, I've had to come back to my own creative journey um, the last probably five years, I'd say. Um, I was a super creative child. (laughs) And um, a lot of that energy was squashed because I wasn't being productive. Right. I heard things like um, art and writing will keep you broke and um, museums are for the liberal leftists. Like these were the things that were like ingrained into my mind. And so, of course, over time, what happens as as children, we want to please our parents. Right. And so I kind of let a lot of the creative pursuits fall aside and I did things that were rewarded like studying harder, working for better grades, um, not doing fluffy things, but things that could actually (laughs) be measured. And it was um, about five years ago, probably right when I was turning 40, 41, that I realized, gosh, I'm missing something in my own life. And that something was creativity not attached to making money, or creativity not attached to anything else except just being creative and getting lost in the process of creativity. So it took a lot of healing. And I actually had to hire a coach, a creativity coach, who's a beautiful soul in my world to this day. Her name is Dr. Manette Roradin. And she has helped me understand creativity covers all kinds of aspects and once you kind of find your own flavor of creativity and you 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 honor the process, not be driven by a product, that is where the magic happens. And so I've had to undo a lot of doing. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. And maybe it's a bit of a leading question. I presume your perception is very different from your parents in terms of how oh. you see creativity and productivity and life in general. Yes, absolutely. Um, even to this day, I my parents are still alive. And, you know, 
my mom is a creative soul, but she's had to tamper, I think, a lot of it because my father is the really like former military, former police officer, like we're here to do <laughs> justice and like, and we're not wasting time. We don't need fluffy stuff, right? Like that's, that's his personality. That's how he was raised. And um, my mom and I, as she gets older, we're having a lot of fun exploring creative pursuits together again. So when I go and visit, I'm bringing her new kinds of coloring books and things to color. And she will sit now for hours and color um, and that has been a big change in the last, last couple of years. So that's been good. Amazing. That, that's fantastic for her. And that sort of leads me, I suppose, into the question about the link between creativity and mental well-being. Mm. Um, you know, and how, you know, I mean, there's a lot of talk, obviously, about how keeping the brain active when you get old, et cetera, um, helps prevent dementia and Alzheimer's and the such. But more generally speaking, how do you see the link between creativity and mental well-being and can creativity boost both our mental well-being as well as our feeling of joy yeah you know this is an interesting topic um and i i always think i want to be really careful here um because there are you know mental health is big it's a big topic and it's a big subject with a lot of stuff in it right and i know we're saying mental well-being and and that's good um but i don't want anyone to misrepresent or twist the words or the notions i'm about to say you know that if i do art i won't be x like <laughs> whatever that may be so i just want to want to be honest and upfront with that um of course for my own journey um, I have a lot of anxiety. Now, my anxiety comes from ADHD, where I have a million ideas a minute, and I get excited about all of them. And when that happens, my nervous system kicks into overdrive, it says, Oh, my God, there's so much going on inside this body. <laughs> We're gonna do anxiety type things. And then maybe I'll get her attention to like slow her brain down. <laughs> and it wasn't until the last couple years that I've actually put this together for myself um, with the help of a psychiatrist who helped diagnose the ADHD. I'm not doing any medication at this point for the ADHD. But what I know is that to slow my brain down, which is where my creativity comes in, like putting paint on the paper or drawing circles for 10 minutes. Like it doesn't matter, but I just need to be able to focus that scattered, excited energy to slow my brain down so I don't go into an anxiety or a panic attack, right? And um that has been super helpful for me to attach my own creative processes and pursuits to my mental well-being and that particular aspect. The other thing, Andrew, I've been testing, um, you know, playing around with is now that I'm more confident in my creativity, um, because I had to undo a lot of mental stuff, right? And I had to learn how to just be okay with whatever emerges on my 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 art pad, not be attached to the product, but to enjoy the process. I'm actually having the first 
um, gathering at my house in two weeks around creativity and friendship. And I have five ladies who've RSVP'd and we're going to be exploring, like, we're going to be making journals and we're going to hand paint them and do mixed media. And I'm super excited because I now see on the other side of all my struggles of I'm not creative enough or I'm not this enough or I don't have time for creativity. I now have seen a shift to people coming to me and saying, would you teach me how to do that? Or I'd love to just sit and create art with you. I haven't done that in years. And so finally I jumped on it this year and we're gathering. (laughs) Fantastic. That is so fantastic. And it really does lead me to think about, you know, the question I hear in my own head, as well as from other people's voices, I'm not creative. Mm-hmm. It's not me, you know, I'm, I'm Picasso, I'm not um, David Bowie, you know, I'm just not creative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is that true? It, it, can anybody be creative? And so, you know, Do you have advice for people who feel that they don't see themselves as creative? Yeah, I think, I mean, I used to say that to my coach, well, I'm not creative. And she'd say to me, now I wasn't doing art back then, but she'd say, Shannon, you go into your kitchen every night as I post like pictures of food and recipes and stuff on social media. And she said, you create the most amazing desserts, loaves of bread, dinners, like you're whipping up ingredients. Why don't you see that as creativity? And that question has stuck with me forever because she was right. My, my mental image of creativity was Picasso or Mm you know, whatever that art thing was that didn't feel accessible to me, that was my creativity. So she's helped me expand this definition. She says, Shannon, you're creative in your kitchen. You're creative when you go on your photo walks and you take photography, right, around your neighborhood. You're creative um, when you do creative writing. You're creative in your marketing role as marketing strategist at your company. And it was those conversations that continue to remind me that creativity has many faces. And a lot of times we just attached like amazing artists and creativity together. Yeah, we put a high bar on it, right? That we just feel, and maybe that's part of the thing of saying, well, you know, I can't be Picasso, so I won't try and paint. I won't try and do some of these things because the bar is very high when you look at the most wonderful artists in the world you know amazingly creativity but i like the way you're saying that just think about everyday life maybe the way you dress some people can find creativity in how they're using clothes or makeup or you know cooking whatever the thing is it doesn't have to be this sort of museum type level that we're talking about which brings me to getting to think about children right because i remember myself as a child um i had no self sort of shame lens going on at that time right or guilt or self-perception you know just saying hey i'm doing this as a child this is fun um and so i I could imagine that this you know connection to own a child is an important part of Mm. learning and relearning how to be creative Um, is that your experience yeah i think it's that um childlike mind of curiosity and play that so many of us in adulthood 
were like me way before adulthood uh, hood got rid of, right? Um, right? It's this idea of, well, I led a workshop last week and it was really fun around creativity and joy. And one of the questions I asked everyone, and I would encourage the audience to really write this question down is make a, so it was winter, it was snowing where I was. All right. So we use that as inspiration. What are five things you used to do as a kid in the winter? And man, their faces lit up. I had people there from age like mid forties all the way to eighties. And, and one said, well, I used to make snow angels. And then someone said snow forts. <laughs> And then someone said snowman and one said ice skating. And then they looked at me and they said, why don't we do this anymore? I said, why don't you? Well, we forgot about it. We hadn't thought like this childlike wonder and curiosity and play. We hadn't thought about it before. So that was so fun. And it's one of the things I do in all my workshops and it may not be winter activities, but I would encourage anyone listening to this to, to really write that question down. What are five things you loved doing as a kid, right? Mine would be making mud pies with my neighbor, Matt. <laughs> we used to mix up mud and walnuts from his walnut tree. And oh man, our parents would get mad too because we'd use their pie plates, <laughs> like set them out in the sun to bake that summer. Um, another one, which leads, um, you know, to, to my current exploration of creativity is I remembered when I asked myself this question, I used to love paper dolls. Like I love cutting them out and having the outfits and mixing and matching. And I actually just last week created my own version of a, um, a, it's called a junk journal. So I took junk mail and I bound it together and I painted the pages and you flip through it. And I put like little paper dolls. I put fabric on for skirts and they're like 3D. They've got like feathery hair. And it was so fun. I just got lost in that project. And in the back of my mind, Andrew, this makes me a little teary. I could hear my dad saying, this is such a waste of time. You're 46. What are you doing making paper dolls? And I would just, you know, have a conversation is I'm just enjoying it. Like, this is just fun. I'm, I'm, I'm not anxious. I'm not thinking of a million business things that need to get done in my business. I'm here and I'm present. And so those things may never leave, but I've found a way to like, at least answer them. <laughs> Quiet on the voice a little and then provide it with the answer. So just having fun. Right? And I think that is so something we forget during our busy lives, during the stresses and all the challenges we have during our lives to, to carve out some, some time just for fun and, and being creativity and that linking back to what you enjoyed doing as a child. You mm -hmm. know, I think that's a wonderful way to to start thinking about it and they don't have to be, you know, massive projects. They can be small, no. small little things that you would do as a kid, right? Just Absolutely. Reignite, reignite that. So I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking about, you know, are there any other great ways you would suggest, you know, with, with your experience of working with, with creativity, um, what type of other things can people start thinking about doing to get their creative yeah. juices flowing? 
So there's a few things here. Um, I do want to say uh, I've I've written and published a book, which of course Andrew knows about, called Practical Joy: um, Simple Tools to Cultivate More Joy Every Day. And every chapter is just like what I'm going to talk about here: little practical tools, little practical ways. So practical way number one: ask yourself what are five things you love to do as a child. Right? We just talked about them. Number two. Make a list of five passion projects or hobbies you've always wanted to try, but you never have for whatever reason. Okay, there's a lot of reasons. Like, I would love to do um, wood burning. And the reason I'm not is, one, I didn't remember until I sat down and, like, remembered what I wanted to do. But, two, I don't have the wood burning stuff. But it doesn't mean I can't go get it at some time, right? So make a list of five hobbies and just a hot tip for everyone. I work with so many people on their joy. Sometimes this question just draws a blank. So go to your computer and type into Google hobbies for adults, and you are going to get thousands of ideas on lists that are already generated. Print one and pick five. Like if you can't think of them yourself, go use help of people that have done it. <laughs> Right. So that's that's one that really seems to move the the joy needle with the people that I work with. Another really practical thing is I oftentimes will ask my friends, what do you do in your free time? And I did this not too long ago on Facebook because I ended up getting in a rut. I'd eat dinner, sit down, fall asleep. It's like six o'clock. And I'm like, one, if I go to sleep at six o'clock, I'm up at midnight. So that's just not even feasible, right? But two, it was because I was like in this space of boredom, right? And the boredom was, or I I was actually saying, I'm not going to go work anymore in my business. Now, what am I going to do, right? So I asked my friends on Facebook, what do you do after you eat dinner in those two hours before you go to bed? I got a hundred responses to that question. We do puzzles. We play board games. Monday nights, I organize a closet. Like, uh, we do video games. I wouldn't do that because it's too overstimulating for my brain. But, um, you know, I color in a coloring book. I read a fiction book. And it was so fun to see what other people were doing in those two hours where I was really struggling to, one, do I have the energy to do it, right? I had the time, but do I have the energy? And two... How do I not put my brain in overdrive so then I'm up until the next morning and can't come back down, right? This is all how I've had to learn to deal with my own neurodivergent brain. And, and, you know, going back to the Google and that and the internet, you know, YouTube, to me, it, it is such a fascinating um, place, you know, where if you want to look at just like watercolor painting, you know, there are so many um, inspirational things you can look at that can help you from a beginner stage to, you know, just to, to get the idea, get the practice. You, know, you don't need yeah. to start necessarily with a blank page anymore. Mm -hmm. You can find some, some inspiration. One of the ones I like was art for kids. Um, oh, yeah. Because, yeah. You, because you can learn to, to, to draw and paint again like a child. Right? Absolutely. You, you really are. You're not supposed to be Picasso. You're supposed to be a six-year-old. It's great and everything can be wrong and it can look like the most stupid giraffe, but it's the most perfect giraffe. Absolutely. Know, and, and you can finger paint. Like, uh -huh. You can get messy. Yeah. I do want to say one thing. There's a pitfall 
what in my in my life there is a pitfall i have to be careful of it so i love pinterest right i have pinterest boards for everything mm -hmm. watercolors um art journal pages like you name it i've got it on there but here's what i have to realize um my joy is lost when i spend all my time pinning ideas and scrolling and saving ideas and not creating yeah right so i i have to put a limit on right. that for myself because i could spend hours just searching through everyone else's stuff collecting these beautiful boards and i'm like this is not creating no, i like that i like that idea of that you talked earlier about process and you know to, to use that mindfulness to slow down to, to focus on the process and not the outcome of criticizing yourself during the process that this Absolutely. is not good art, but uh, to find the joy within the process of doing, mm -hmm. um, I think is, is wonderful for that. Question we sort of didn't talk about, you know, prior to this, but I, I, I want to mention it because it just came to me, is the question of creativity and AI. Mm. How, do you, how do you see that? Oh, I have such a wound around AI. <laughs> And the reason why is because as a messaging and marketing strategist in my full-time business job, right? Yeah. It's led a lot of people down the wrong path. They're not getting results. They want all that stuff. All right. So um, if I take that bias out of it, and I have seen stuff people have been creating with AI, um, It's not for me. And the reason it's not for me is I want to spend my creativity time as much as I can off of a device. Right. But there's people like my spouse loves, like it doesn't bother her to be on a device to do her art, to do whatever she's doing. For me, it's like I shut my computer at three or three 30 and I'm like, don't want to see it again. And so I've had to find other ways that I can do the creativity. And there's lots of them, right? That are not computer-based. No, I like that. I like that. And that gives people the maybe the bandwidth to try both, right? And to, to see, yeah. you know, whether the digital world works for them or whether really it is better for them to close the laptop, close the phone, get out a piece of paper, get out some paper mache. I used to love paper mache as a kid. Yeah. Just build this stuff and make yeah. a mess um so you know whether that's well, to get outside be creative in nature you know everything yeah talks about be creative in nature so we could go so far with this but unfortunately we're running out of time today shannon but i would like to ask one last question before i leave you which is you know what's bringing you joy in your life at the moment mm. this year for me um my joy is around collaborations and deeply connecting with people. So the art thing I'm going to have at my house is a good example. Um, mm -hmm. We're hosting our first joy camp, which is a summer camp for adults in Vermont <laughs> um, in July, which I'm super excited just about the idea of adults coming to feed their own joy and creativity away from all the daily things that are demanding in our lives. And the weekend, it's not about business. It's not about revenue. It's not about any of those things. It's about feeding your joy and your creativity at joy camp. 
So I'm excited oh. about that. I really am. Um, and then I'd say in my artistic world, um, I've really been having fun. Um, we get a lot of junk mail here in the States. I don't know if you get junk mail where you live, but it's ridiculous the amount of junk mail that is solicited. I've just been going to the mailbox and saying, okay, what can I turn this into? <laughs> That's so much fun, like recycling the junk mail into journals and all kinds of crazy stuff. So that's been like one of my current passion projects. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it, love it. And hopefully we'll be able to get a, a link to somewhere where people can register to the Joy Camp, find out more information, and then we'll happily post that to our yes. community. Boy, that sounds like a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Well, unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today, Shannon, but thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. It's been a real pleasure to, to talk with you. Thank you. It's always fun to be here with you in this community. So thank you. Excellent. excellent. Thank you, our listeners. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as, as I have. And I hope you feel inspired to go out and cultivate your creativity in whatever form or format that takes you. So please check out the show notes for links to Shannon and her resources. Also, if you are already a member of the Year of Joy community, please join us in the community forum where over the next few weeks we'll be sort of discussing on how to integrate some of these creativity tips into our lives and if you're not already a member of the year of joy community please visit our website theartandscienceofjoy.com to find out how to join join us it's, it's, it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun there um thanks once again for listening and i hope you tune in for the next episode of the art and science of joy podcast until then stay well stay joyful and get your creative juices flowing.